So welcome to our leadership series on the sofa with Angie. Today's special guest is Wendy Sturgis, who is the CEO of Yext Europe. So a very warm welcome, Wendy. Thank you, Angie. It's great to be here. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Wendy, you've had a, a really amazing career, sort of starting your career at PwC uh, and then becoming the, the CEO of Yext Europe. Um, did you always plan to become a CEO? No, I actually didn't. And, um, you know, you and I have talked a lot about mentorship. I, I had a couple, I was on a nonprofit board, which we'll probably come back to with a couple of amazing, amazing women. One who was the uh, head of human resources for Lehman Brothers. So this is a, this is a tough lady uh, uh, who, Tony, and we sat down one time and, and I said, you know, my North Star, and I think that everyone should have a North Star, is to be a COO. And she said, I'm gonna challenge you on this. And I think that you need to think about why not that top role, right? Why not go for it? And, and if you don't, that's fine. But I think this is something that all leaders, men and women, but especially women really need to think about what, what is that North Star, but what is the stretch beyond that? What if you said all of my hopes and dreams and everything that I want to accomplish, what would that look like? And so for me, and look, it's interesting as I think about my career going forward, I, I may very well be a COO and not a CEO. And I think people get very dogmatic, but I think that you have to have those stretch goals, which I really give Tony a ton of credit. I was probably in my mid thirties and she gave me a really hard time. And she said, I think you need to, to stretch and think bigger. So there you go. Oh, fantastic. And so, uh, so you became a CEO of Yex Europe. Um, what were some of the challenges that you, you faced in your journey to becoming a CEO? Well, I think, look, one of the things that you'll be told, anyone will be told if you want to be a CEO is that you need um, real P&L experience, which is very hard to get. <laughs> um, it's it just, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Like that's going to be the thing that you've got to work with your management, the size and the scope. But until you've had P&L experience, I don't care how qualified you are, it's going to be very challenging. And that's not an easy task. So you have to figure out, I grew up in consulting. I'm a reformed consultant. You don't have P&L responsibility unless you become a very senior partner. I mean, you have to be at the upper echelons of any of these consulting firms. And quite frankly, it's one of the reasons that I ultimately decided that consulting wasn't the right career for me because I didn't see that path to that ownership. And I wanted to have more of that. So I, I think, you know, one of the things that I would encourage everyone is to think in their company. And there's a difference between mentorship and sponsorship. You need a sponsor. And that sponsor, you need to talk with them about those goals of having that PL experience. It doesn't have to be a huge PL. It could be a huge PL, but until you have that there's no way you're ever going to become a CEO or potentially even a, a more senior role. Absolutely. And I think that sort of PL experience is really important. And as you said, not everybody has that opportunity. So um, are there any sort of um, interim projects that people could take on um, whilst they're sort of going mm -hmm. for that first p yeah. role? Well, a couple of things. I think I personally don't have an MBA. A lot of people ask me if I do because it might appear that I do, and I, I absolutely do not. I, uh, 
I thought about it for a hot minute. And um, for me, financially, the numbers just didn't work out for me to go back and the foregone income, et cetera. And so, you know, part of running a P&L is, is having a strong understanding of finance. So I encourage everybody. Um, and it's something that I'm really, I'm pretty tough, I didn't say tough, but um, I, I'll, I'll, we, you and I were talking about this. Um, I, was, I was talking to a couple of women who work for me and I said, I'm joining a SPAC board. And he said, what's a SPAC? I would argue that's a problem right now. If it's if you're an ambitious woman and you don't understand what's happening in the capital markets. SPAC stands for Special Purpose Acquisition Company. So there's finance and there's the accounting part. So think of it as like FP&A. And if you really want to own a P&L, you've got to get serious about understanding what's happening in the capital markets. And I think a lot of women are like, ah, you know, I mentored a young woman. She watched Good Morning America in the morning. And I said, that's great, but I, you're not a housewife. I don't mean to be mean, like baking and cooking. You need to be watching CNBC. You need to be reading the Wall Street Journal or the, uh, the Financial Times. You've got to have an understanding. And I think that forget owning a P&L and wanting to be a CEO. You've got to understand what's happening in capital markets. If you don't, I don't think anyone's going to take you seriously on that. And that's something we can all do. The thing that's interesting about that is that I'm a better seller because I watch the financial news and I read the journal, I can reach out to my clients. I had a client who just became a CEO for the first time and he was on CNBC and I was able to write him an incredible note and it created an opportunity for the company because he talked about something that he was interested in. So I would argue, I know you have a lot of salespeople. So um, I think everyone can take that on. And I think any ambitious person, male or female, needs to get serious about becoming more financially literate. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the capital markets in general, but also, you know, understanding your industry sector and what's happening and mm -hmm. the major news, right. the major M&As and things like that, because exactly as you said, it becomes a talking point and a way to reach out and engage people in a way that's very personal to them and to their industry. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it gives you credibility. I mean, it's a really good point, Angie. It gives you that credibility. Again, we're all striving to be taken more seriously, to get to be looked at as ready for that next level. Think about having that, the confidence that you have, the way that you can contribute to conversations. And the beautiful thing is that it doesn't cost anything and you can do it. <laughs> That's the amazing thing. It's not like you have to go ask your boss or have somebody do something. You can take that personal responsibility on. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And sort of talking about credibility and taking on additional roles and responsibilities, um, you also hold a number of uh, non-executive director positions. Mm -hmm. um, how has that helped you in your career? And what advice would you give to, uh, to people out there who are looking to get their first NED position? Yeah, well, there, there's a ton of things. I mean, you know, it's, it's such a blessing and it's, it's something that I had on one of my North Star goals. So again, having that goal so that you're able to work towards something and, and it's not for every person, uh, but for me, it was something I really wanted and it gives me a ton of credibility. I'm on the board of a really prominent, very high profile retailer in the U.S. who's having a moment. They have a partnership with, um, I said a very prominent influencers in the US that have the number three show on Netflix right now. So they're doing pretty well because they have an exclusive line. And I sell to a lot of retailers. I mean, think about again, that credibility. 
Like I know what's happening in the boardroom at a retailer because I'm on the board and I can talk about the things that we care about and they very much relate. But that's that's a that's a North Star that most people have a ways to go to get to. Um, again, that that credibility of understanding FP&A, finance, all of those things, they just make you a better executive. So there's a ton of benefits. And, and the last thing, Angie, and then I'll talk about some steps that you can take. You know, a friend of mine who's very smart, went to college with me, I went to a big engineering school in the US. She said, do you get paid? <laughs> I said, oh, oh yes, I get paid. This is not a charity. Look, I think a lot of women don't really understand you know, it's financially remunerative and it can be material to helping, you know, you secure the financial goals that you have. So it's a, it's a very powerful thing. It has a ton of benefits. And the, and the financials one, again, I think some people don't understand that it is pretty. And by the way, it's public. You can pull up any um, any SEC in the U.S. SEC filing and you can see what the board makes. It's, it has to be publicly disclosed. So how do you get started? And I, I got started 11 years ago. You know, I had a friend, an acquaintance that I had met through Yahoo Finance um, who had started a, a women's financial empowerment site. And it was something I was really passionate about. I really believe, obviously I've talked a lot about being financially you know, savvy. It's not just for business and your personal. And she asked me to join her board because she needed help with her sales. And so I think there's an opportunity um, for everyone who's listening to, to identify a company it could be a small company. It could be a company that's in a seed round. You know, don't start shooting for the publicly traded company. That's pretty hard unless you have a very specific skill set and experience. And that is a great way to get started. I just was sharing with you earlier. I have a good friend who's a very senior female executive in the U.S. She's a CEO. She advised a company for three years, and they just asked her to join their board as they're raising their next round of money. It's a great way to get that. Here's the other one, and there's there's there are dissenting opinions, Angie, on this. I've been to a lot of. Uh, events. Some people don't think that non-for-profit boards help you. I disagree. Here's why. You need to understand governance. You need to understand the role of audit committees. You need to understand a nom and gov. You need to understand how boards work. And non-for-profits do function in the same way that a publicly traded. They have, you have all those same committees. You do have an auditor. You have to review the audit report. And so I, again, I'm, I'm sharing because some people think that non-for-profit boards don't help. I disagree because I think it allows you to interview better, to have credibility. And quite frankly, we all have time and talents. And there are, um, at least in the US, about 30% of all not-for-profits have open board seats right now. They need great people. And here's another benefit. Um, some of my closest friends, including the woman executive I just talked about, I met through that not-for-profit board that I was on for 10 years. Again, building that network, that credibility. So I think there are a ton of benefits. And I believe that every single one of your audience, whether it's in a local community or a national or a regional non-for-profit, they, they could use your time and talents desperately. And it, it gives you so many benefits. So those are two things that are great ways to get started. And I did both before I got my first public company board. And that's great advice as well. And what it's also doing is giving back to the community as well. Um, you know, we talk a lot now in business as well about what companies and individuals are doing to support the environment, the communities within which you work and what a great way to do this and to gain additional experience as well. So fantastic advice there. Thank you. And then a, a final question as well is, you know, you've had a, an amazing career. You're at the top of your game. Um, what's your approach to risk taking? Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's it's something you and I have also talked about. I think it's um, I think it's hard for people. I think it can be harder for women um, to to really understand that. And so I think the first step is to understand for you and your family, whatever your family situation is, so you're single and you have parents to support or you're, you're a working mother like you, Angie, I've, I've seen your, your beautiful children before when they're interacting with us, you know, understanding what is, and, and by the way, your risk appetite can change over time. I have a, another very dear friend from college who was a working mother raising three kids and she did a phenomenal job. She, that was her focus while she continued to work. And she's, you know, done very, very well. Her last child is graduating from high school this year. And she's still young. And she's like, I'm going for it, right? So it's it's understanding your risk profile at a given time. And then understanding that that can change. Like for my friend, she had a very different approach for the last 24 years while she was raising an extraordinary family. Now, she can, she is an MBA. She can, she can unleash the beast, so to speak, as we say in America. Um, for me, I'm really lucky to have an extraordinary partner in life, my husband. Um, and he's, he's very comfortable with risk. And so, you know, right now you and I were talking, I'm facing some decisions about my future. And one of the, the options that I have is extraordinarily risky in the face of COVID. But the reward would also be extraordinary. <laughs> it is a high, high risk. And he's very comfortable with it. I am as well. And I think you have to be self-aware of that. But what we all need to understand, and this is my, my parting thing, you will not grow in your career if you don't take risks. It's not going to happen. Sitting and toiling in the same company um, where you're not looking for stretch roles, you're not asking for more, that's a risk in a different profile than what I'm talking about. But if you don't take risks and you're not comfortable with some level of that, then it is going to be difficult for ambitious people to grow their career. And so we've got, to, as, a, as a woman, we have to get comfortable with that. Amazing. Uh, and what a great way to, to close our uh, chat today is, you know, get comfortable with taking risks, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, because mm -hmm. it really is in those moments of discomfort that the greatest learning happens and the greatest opportunities manifest themselves as well. Um, so it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, Wendy. Uh, so much amazing advice. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angie, and good luck to everybody. Stay safe and um, be, be well. <laughs> Thank you.